John the Apostle said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. He quoted Jesus, that, that you have love for one another. That's, this is a key uh, for um, where we go moving forward as a people, as, as the people of God. And, you know, I'm going to read this to you, but in Matthew 24, I think 12, it says, because lawlessness has increased, most people's love will grow cold. And that's the prediction of the, the world in which we live. And it's certainly... Uh, is uh, evident because, and, and it says in the in the new New International Version, this is the new King, this is the New American Standard, because lawlessness is increased. There's just a a pushing of the boundaries. In the in the NIV, it says because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So uh, it says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a prediction about the end times and that we're in the end times, so it's important and, in fact, imperative that we uh, get this love walk uh, forefront in our lives. And um, so uh, one of the things I want to do for the church, Pastor Patsy, I'm going to have her come up here and she's going to uh, invite you to, well, both of us, okay. All right. Is that... Um, we're, we're wanting to strengthen the core of, of the church and bring uh, people together that this is your church home and you want to you just kind of plug back in from the, the, the global pandemic and all that stuff. And we're, we're picking up uh, on the pace. And so we're going to have some uh, core training meetings. And uh, Pastor Patsy well, has... Well, as far as we know right now, we're going to have three. And the last one, Pastor Jeff wants to lay hands on everybody. So however many people show up, like at 250, 300, I mean, we have had 800 before at volunteer meetings, but he wants to pray over everybody. But um, we want to let people know some of our doctrinal distinctions, I would say. Right. And... Uh, so it's not just come, we're going to talk to you about how to usher and how to work in children's church and how to be a greeter and how to do this and that. We're actually talking about heart issues. So Pastor Jeff calls this group the core group. So true volunteers, they are the heart of the church. And so we just want that group to be informed. And it's really only for that group. So if you feel God has placed you in this church and this is your church and it's not I'm one lady said that she was a part of two churches but that's not really God's way I mean it's like I had one father one family one mother I know there's some circumstances sometimes with divorce where that's a little different these days but in reality there's one biological father, one biological mother. Well, that's the way it is with a, a pastor who is like a father. And you don't have two fathers, and you don't have two visions for your life, which brings division. So it doesn't mean you can't visit other places, but you can't live there all the time. You know, it's that kind of thing. So we want the people that believe this is their family, and they are the heart of this work, that's who we're inviting. So we have a lot to say. I mean, we both went to Bible school. He's a real talker. I'm a real talker. <laughs> but we're, we're narrowing it down to 45, two 45-minute sessions. On The first one is Saturday, uh, the June 24th. 24th, yeah. We'll meet out at the patio with donuts and, uh, and some healthy sticks food. and some coffee healthy and, food too. and carrots if you, and if you, candy. <laughs> And coffee, yeah. Okay, as we'll long as there's coffee, I'm okay. So, like, at, if you at eight thirty to nine, and then we're going to start at nine, and then we're going to have two sessions. We may end up with more than three, but right now we're narrowing it to three. We're trying to. And uh, anything you want to say about what's on your heart? Yeah, to well, share? it's it's, a, it's the kind of vision slash philosophy of what we started with in the first place. Yeah. And uh, to try to revisit that and, and, and communicate that. Many of you have been here for a long, long time. Some of you are new. And we want to be considerate of all of that and just bring everybody together. So this, 
this is an invitation to the whole church. You oh, know, what, yeah. we, what we had before with, with JUMP was the necessity for everybody to get together and have comprehensive training for the, 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 the values and the mission and the philosophy of the church, but then also the specifics of what to do with the snow cones and how to check the kids in and how to get the traffic to flow. So we're, we're going to be very practical, but we'll start out with uh, meetings that just share vision, mission, as she said, the distinct doctrinal distinctives we carry in this particular church, and just kind of, you know, we'll get make some contact with each other and just kind of uh, build in the direction of preparation for yes. uh, what we're trusting God for, which is uh, a revival in the church and a harvest amongst Where the lost. Where we know God's taking and us. And so, so, you know, we're a sending station. We reach the nations. We go to the other countries. We've done that for the whole these decades. And, but also we have a Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth to reach. Right. And I, I, can I just say one thing, sure. not about that, yeah. but just, I, I just wanted to talk about the faithfulness of God just for a second because of that song. Like, Steve, you got touched. Was that the song you were talking about? Yeah. It's crazy how when they sing that song, I will stand here and sing to God, and I remember my childhood. And all the things, I, you know, I had a great childhood, but a very hard childhood. And then I think about all the things in my life I've been through. And then, see, I know all of you feel the exact same way. And then I think about how God has always been there for me. And like Steve and Addison keep exhorting us to grow up and to press on and to do great things in God. All I know about God is that. It's like... You get up, you keep trusting, you keep believing, you don't direct your life by circumstances or feelings or emotions. You don't make huge decisions in your life out of emotions. You, you listen to the voice of God and you obey his word and his voice. And, and if you miss it, you admit, oh, I missed it. And then you get right back on uh, and try it again because you know, th this is a learning process. You learn how to hear the voice of God. You step out in faith, and, and you take those steps, and you may fall down. But it's like a one-year-old learning to walk. They fall, but I have never seen a one-year-old say, oh, I fell. I'm never getting up again. <laughs> you know? They get right back up again. They fall down again. They get right back up. That's a Christian. And, and we just keep doing that over and over and over. The thing I know about God is he never condemns. People condemn. The devil condemns. God never condemns. It's always, okay, that was wrong. Repent of that. Come on, let's go forward. That's my God. And he is awesome. And that's all I want to say. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, New American Standard. We're going to put it up on the screen, and we're going to read it together. You guys ready? Let's read. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag, and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. We'll finish with love never fails. That's a good word right there. And uh, tonight we're, we're moving on to uh, verse 5. Love is not provoked. King James says love is not easily provoked. Provocation, being provoked by definition, is to call forth a feeling, an action. It's to stir up purposely. It's to provide the needed stimulus for. Uh, in the negative, it's to incite to anger. Uh, there are healthy aspects about it. Addison actually quoted the verse without knowing that I was going to read out of Hebrews chapter 10 uh, about uh, we are to actually let us consider how to stimulate or provoke one another to love and good deeds. That's what I'm considering right now. 
I actually, in a positive sense, do want to uh, prompt action. You know, I do want to provoke you uh, uh, to, to grow in faith. I want to stimulate your aspirations for this remaining season of your life. However many days you have, there are projects and purposes and plans that God has for each and every one of us. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. Um, but what, and this is what a new creation. You know, there, 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 are, three def, there are three distinct uh, categories in, in humanity. Um, the Jews, the, the nations, and the church. And as the Bible says, we're to not um, be offensive to any of them. We're not to offend the world. We're not to offend the Jews. We're not to offend the church. We're, we're not to be offensive. So this is why I'm preaching on, on love. And uh, love is patient and is kind. And, um, you know, then it gives us a bunch of what it's not. Love is, love uh, doesn't, uh, is not jealous. You know, it doesn't have that, that envious sort of, uh, you know, attitude like, uh, uh, always frustrated about other successes. Lo- love, love celebrates rather than uh, gets uh, greedy or stingy about things. Love does not brag. It's not strutting around telling everybody how important with an air of, 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 of uh, you know, just bragging. You know, bragging is like a there's, a, there's a deal with it, you know. And the Bible says, let another man praise you, not your own lips. So love doesn't really brag. And it's not arrogant. It, you know, God hates a haughty look. And arrogance is uh, real present right now. And uh, it was present with uh, Babylon. It was present with uh, uh, ancient Egypt, present with the Roman Empire. And, uh, but God doesn't want that, its presence to be in the church. He doesn't want us to be arrogant. He also, you know, on the other hand, he doesn't, it doesn't mean we're to have low self-esteem. Uh, it, it, it doesn't mean we're just full of self-deprecating kind of belittles and just, oh, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. You know, it, it, it's, it's, we, we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but we need to think soberly, uh, and this is a sobering message, that, that God has called us to, to the love walk. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says that, um, that we are to imitate God as beloved children, and we're to walk in love. So th- this, is, this is important. And again... You know, because wickedness, uh, increase of wickedness, most people's love is going to grow cold. So, and this is how they're going to know we're his disciples. This is the distinction uh, that we're walking in love, that we even love our enemies, right? We pray for those who despitefully use us. It's radical stuff. You know, people want to have a radical life. This is a radical zone. Being called into Christianity, the real Bible type of stuff, is radical, man, because you love your enemies, and you bless those who curse you. It's radical. I mean, it's easy to get, it's easy to love people that are lovable, but the, 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 the calling is to love the unlovable. And God, in fact, Pastor John did a great job at Ron Mitchell's uh, memorial service, and he unpacked John 3.16 in a way. I've read that verse. How many of you know that verse by heart? Read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Well, he, he opened up the, and, and he talked to the crowd and not making assumptions that everybody was saved, although there were a lot of believers there. His, you know, Sherry, they were married for 52 years. He, Ron was a great musician and he was in those, uh, those old school quartets and he played that amazing um, 1962 Les Paul that looks like an SG, and he was just an amazing guitarist. His parents bought it for him when he was a child. But when John Moore shared John 3:16, he he said for, he he did it in segments. He said, "For God, that implies there's a God. How many of you believe there's a God? Okay, we're on to something good. So loved is a God that that love that happens to love." When Pastor Patsy said that God, God's not condemning, God, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. 
There, there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Unfortunately, there is a condemnation for the lost, but it's actually they're, they're, by their own doing, by ignoring the provision of Jesus, right? That's why we've got to preach the gospel to help people to get slotted under his blessing and that covenant he's created for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. So there's a God who loves and gives. And, 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 and so, but that whoever believes, that's the key. That's the part that is our responsibility. And, um, you know, where we're being called and challenged, actually, to respond to God who so loves and he gives and, uh, you know, to receive his son. But then also, now as we continue to go, I did that over 50 years ago, so now I yet want to grow up in all aspects in him. And I want to grow in the love walk. And so I'm going to get real practical with you, but I want to tell you a tale of two stores. Uh, this week, we went to get some uh, lawn chairs. And uh, this is a company that gets these lawn chairs, and they sell them for a, a, a discount price, but you got to kind of shop around. So we went to three different locations. And um, the first one, we, we found some good ones. I put them in the car, and I, my wife was impressed at how I got them in the car. And I'm, I'm glad that I impressed her because that was, uh, although love is not anxious to impress, but I, we'll get, I'm not on that one yet. So anyway, uh, but uh, we went to this, the, the, the first store and immediately ran into a church member and he worked there. And he was preoccupied because he was, had found somebody shoplifting and he had, to make, he had to make a phone call to the local police and they were coming and, and, and I'm, and so I watched him um, be cool, calm, and collected. Everybody say cool, calm, and collected. And um, he was having to do his job and deal with it, but he was doing it, and I, I, I got to just watch him. While we're busy, preoccupied, looking all over for these particular specific great uh, plastic wicker chairs. Um, so he, he, but I watched him, his demeanor and his, his attitude, um, it was exemplary. And that, if that wasn't enough, uh, we couldn't find any chairs there, so we drove off. And uh, in fact, I walked past the cop, you know, and, and he was looking at me like, are you the shoplifter? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, the, the, he's, how you doing? How you doing? You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, uh, the second store, uh, I went in, and as soon as I walked, my, I let my, my wife, I dropped her off, and I went and got a parking spot, and I, as I was coming in, um, a woman there, one of the, the, the clerks, she said, um, watch out, somebody threw a soda here, and uh, she said, Jesus, and I said, amen, you know, you, you're calling on Jesus, <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I said, that's the name above every name, you know, she goes, yeah, that's right. And that's good I called on Jesus just then. I said, it is good. So then I walked through the store. We actually found some chairs. And um, so then I was, I was, she not only was cleaning up the mess, but then she also was uh, the, the checker that ended up checking, uh, you know, getting us our, the process. So, and she was talking to another clerk about this, and she said, through sodas. And so I said, wait you know, they didn't throw a soda. No, they dropped. No, they threw sodas. One threw a soda at another uh, shopper and one threw a soda at one of our workers. And as I listened to this woman, I couldn't help but notice her cool, calm, and collected demeanor. Everybody say cool, cool. Calm, calm, and collected. So I knew this was a God moment for me. You know, because we were driving to this one store and then to the other store, and we were trying to be led by the Holy Spirit on everything we do. We all call, we're all called to be led by the Spirit. And John 3 says that actually the definition of, a, of a, what is available to a Christian, a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled Christian, is those who are of the Spirit are like the wind. You know, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where you're going. It's kind of a wonderful adventure, right? We, have, we plan, and we're diligent. We do those things, but yet... The Holy Spirit will prompt us, and he'll orchestrate and order our steps. 
and there are no coincidences, and it's wonderful, and I love it. It's a thrill. It's a fun part of being saved. And so I watched and got to see, catch one of our Christian, uh, our church members doing a good job out on the front lines and exemplifying the love walk, and then this woman. And uh, I said to her, you know, I have to just tell you, um, I really appreciate the way you've responded to this. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, this is frustrating, and you're being really calm. And she said, well, thank you. She said, if this had happened seven years ago, I would have flipped out. She said, I'm coming out of drug addiction and alcoholism. I'm seven years sober. And I could see in her face, just, just this sweet lady had been through rough, some rough times, you know. But from, emanating from those rough times, you know, she, she, and she said, I got, I've got goosebumps. And she said, because she got caught doing, doing it right. Yeah. Everybody say cool, calm, and collected. And then we had a beautiful moment there. And she, she was like, yeah, I am different. And I said, and you called on Jesus, you know. <laughs> and she said, yeah. And I said, he's the higher power. I mean, I, I worked it, man. I worked it. And, uh, but I, I went away just with such an affection, appreciation for how the Lord can change us from being ballistic to getting better about things. And, and, and it's not a self-help thing. It's... it's it's helping ourselves to the nature of God and, and flowing with him and seeing the standard that he raised and um, trusting that he will help us out. Here's the verse that I, I, I wanted you to see on the, on the flip side of this because there, there is provocation uh, that is, is, is uh, you know, designed to get people to make bad choices. Uh, a stone is, is uh, Proverbs 27, 3, while you're turning to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Uh, it says, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both of them. Uh, and and uh, see, fools have no common sense or self-control. And foolishness, uh, get, we, we take the bait and we proceed to flip out, you know, and, and I'm, I'm feeling like the reason why God's leading me to teach these, this series is because we're destined to some important things. And, uh, and that we're to pursue, it says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love, but desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And uh, so we're called to a giftedness and, uh, and to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, you know, the the, the, the revelation gifts, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, the utterance gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy, the power gifts, working of miracles, gift of faith, gifts of healing, right? And we want to see people get healed. We want to see breakthrough occur where people that are demonized get delivered and the, the, the mental maladies and the things that are weighing down on people break off of people and bodies would be healed and lives would be extended. Come on. But man, let everything you do be done in love. First Corinthians chapter 16, Paul said a great door of effective service had opened to him in, in Ephesus and, and there were many adversaries. So there's a lot of provocation and, and, and you don't need me to tell you. I went into a store where people didn't drop their soda accidentally. They intentionally threw their soda at people. But I caught a lady who said she would have gone ballistic prior to the, 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 her sobriety. I mean, man, it was like we, we just had a, we had church up there at the counter, you know. And it was wonderful to celebrate that she's different than she used to be. How many of you feel like you're different than you used to be. And, and, but yet, how many of you feel like you, the, the biggest room in your life is a room for improvement? I, I feel that way at the same, like Paul said the same thing. He said, not that I've already attained it or have already been made perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, right? This is a goal. This is a goal. And that we get mature about it, and we get really solid with it, and we walk in love. In our, in our homes, if you're married, you practice the love walk with your mate. If you're a parent, you practice the love walk with your kids. In fact, the Bible says, fathers, 
Provoke not your children to wrath. You know, my son Taylor just had a birthday yesterday, and we were driving in the car, and there was technology where we had, uh, it went from uh, cassette tapes to, uh, well, we, I was 8-track back in the day, and then cassette tapes, and then uh, now, then CDs, you know, and they, they remember CD players, now they're, they're ancient, but uh, you could push a, a, a button and it could just uh, repeat just a little bit, so I was playing Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, that it may be well with you and you live long in the earth. And so I went, so Taylor was pretty cool. He just sat there for a while. He sat there for a while. And then I let it go. And, you know, the next verse was, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. So he went, touche. But we're, we're, we've got to be sensitive to this so we don't incite people in the wrong direction. We're actually called to live enthusiastic uh, lives where we're really involved. You know, we're not just, you know, zombies just kind of going through life. We're actually called to be carriers of God's presence. We're the light of the world and the salt of the earth, right? And um, so this is something that is developable. It's something that Jesus has mandated. Uh, Paul took a whole chapter on this, not just so it could be a great chapter, a great scripture reading at weddings, but it's actually uh, a roadmap for a more effective uh, uh, life. In Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 23 and 24, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. We'll wait till we get it up on the screen. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to, this says stimulate, King James says provoke one another to love and good deeds. Every day we ought to be figuring out ways to encourage one another in the Lord, to actually prompt each other in the right direction. Just, and, and we should be considerate about it. In fact, I'll tell you what I think. When it says love is patient and love is kind, and then it says what it's not. It, it, it's not jealous. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It's not self-seeking, you know, and, and it, it doesn't, is not easily provoked. Not, 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 not. But it, it starts out with, Basically, consideration. Like, I felt like the woman that was frustrated at that, sh- at that shop or the, the, the member of our church that was frustrated at that shop for somebody going in and stealing, that's not cool. And somebody throwing sodas, I mean, that's, that's not cool, you know. And, um, but yet, they were cool, calm, and collected. Everybody say it. Cool, calm, and collected. There's a power in what I'm preaching right now. If you adopt this starting right now, you're going to be a catalyst for good in, in conflict. You, you, the Bible says in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers, right? There's something about being, being the person that just calms things down. And I remember... The riots out in L.A. The the, uh, the the you know years ago, and uh, Reginald Denny got so beat up, and there was another guy that got dragged out of a car, and a gang just mercilessly was beating this guy. But another man walked in the middle of him, and just stood and and just covered this stranger. He didn't know who he was, and he didn't know who they were. They didn't know who he was. It was just a random bit of hysteria. But this man, and it was caught on video and audio, and it was absolutely beautiful. In the midst of all the terrible burning and all the hate, it was just amazing to see somebody step out of the ranks and apply these kinds of truths and save that man's life. And that saved those other people from being irrational. Because, I mean, they'd have been all on the cameras, and they probably, many of them would have been uh, uh, arrested and sentenced had there been a death. And... Uh, so he saved them from, you know, years of regret, right? I mean, so 
This, I, I read this last week, but I'll read it again. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, every person must decide whether they will walk in the light of creative altruism or in the darkness of destructive selfishness. Altruism is the love walk. It's being kind. It's being considerate. And, I, you know, consider this. We're to consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. So that is premeditated. We need to be premeditated every time we get up out of bed. Okay, God, I want to I do some good stuff today. You've created me. Ephesians 2.10 says that I am your workmanship, that I'm created in Christ for good works, which you prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Look, I was a Boy Scout, and it said to do a good deed daily. And I know it came from the Bible. And I don't know how edited down it is now or how watered down it is, but back when I was in, a boy, in the Boy Scout situation, that was really the only as, the, the aspects of Christianity that I was getting. That's where I was getting it, because I wasn't in church. But the Judeo-Christian reality happened to be in that culture, in the particular group I was in, and in the handbook, and it said, do a good deed daily, and it you know, even had illustrations about be prepared. You know, and I, it, th- that, Those are biblical things. So I just think... Tonight, Friday night, you've had a long week. You know, you, you've had a lot of responsibility. And, you know, I'm up here speaking this to you. And, um, and, and tonight's message is that love is not easily provoked. So how do we fortify for the inevitable challenges? It, Jesus said it is inevitable that offenses will come. Jesus didn't mince his words about it. He's just giving us a heads up. In fact, in John 16, 33, he, he said the why of why he was preaching what he was preaching at the time. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Why? Because in the world, people will throw sodas. People will shoplift. People will cuss you out. People will flip you off. People will cut you off on the road. And nobody uses their turn signals anymore. So, but take courage. He said, I have overcome the world. Man, let's consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together, which is the habit of some, but encouraging one another day all the more as you see the day drawing near. I just think there's an encouragement deficit. There are people that could encourage but don't. I don't know why. Maybe they don't want to be vulnerable or maybe they're not wanting to encourage you. But... Um, David encouraged himself in the Lord, but we actually need to learn not to be patronizing, not to do a a bunch of uh, overpraise because it cheapens it. But when it's really where spirit led about it, that's this lady at that store. It wasn't about the chairs. I mean, the, 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 the clouds parted and the sunbeams shot down on this opportunity to encourage a lady who struggled through serious addiction um, you could see it in her face, guys. Beautiful lady, but you could tell had her, had, had her nose broken, teeth knocked out. Tough life she had apparently lived. And she's landed on her feet, calling on Jesus while she's mopping the floor, sort of. And, uh, but we had a moment, and uh, I just went away feeling like, yes, I got to encourage that lady. And it made sense. We never shop in that store. I don't think I'd ever set foot in there before. And, uh, and, and yet God had set it up. I didn't know. The first one, I, I had vital intel about a family in the church from the, one of the sons that grew up here. And then the next one, I ran into this, the guy in, from the church, and he was, I caught him behaving. So I'm going to get to brag on him in church. And then the, the stranger that I met that overcame addiction, I got to compliment her for not, not flipping out in the, in the crazy situation. I mean, and it could have gotten bad. You know, had she mishandled that. So love is not easily provoked. Love is not easily provoked. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, and um, we'll finish with some practical application. But 1 John chapter 4 really spells it out. The apostle John, uh, he's called the apostle of love. He's the guy that said that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? And a lot of people think that's irritating. Um, and maybe to Peter it was at first. But uh, 
because John outran him to the, the tomb and other things, but um, Peter eventually got the same revelation that John got, that God loved him. Uh, look at somebody next to you and say, you're sitting by God's favorite. Um, verse 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And then it says in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We were in Paris years ago with a mission trip witnessing and a lady in, started, um, from America started to talk to me. She did not walk in love. She was not a believer. And in this atmosphere, in this moment, she said such harsh things to me, very calculated, very intelligent. You could tell highly educated, intelligent person, and devoid of the spirit, just evil. And it's like, whoa, I did not expect that. I didn't strike the conversation, but she did, and she just proceeded to be judgmental and condemning, and it's like, wow, that hurt, right? And uh, so Jesus doesn't want us moving in that kind of stuff, because this is how they're going to know we're his disciples, if we love one another. And um, so it says, by this, the love of God was manifested in us. You want to have the love of God manifested in you? That God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. So guess what? Romans 5.5 5 says, um, And hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Um, when Jesus set up residency in our heart, he carried the culture of the kingdom and uh, God is love. In fact, while we're here, it's just, we'll, we'll finish in four, but let's go back over to chapter three, verse one. First John three, one. This is really what we need to get a hold of tonight. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. See how great a love, you gotta understand it, value it, recognize it, that that we would be called the children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. That lady didn't know me. And this is way before Jerry Springer when the contestants or the people would say, you don't know me. And I wanted to say, you don't know me, because she didn't know me. And she was mean as a snake, man. And I walked away, and here I am, what, 30-some years later, still remembering that encounter. But hopefully the clerk at the last store that I, that where the, late, the people threw the sodas, I hope she could carry this through the summer, that somebody caught her being mature. Somebody caught her when she was using the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's the higher power that did. Yeah, yeah, you said that right. I was walking to the car and she said, and so we were, right? Uh, so, so, so this is, this is how the love of God is manifest, just knowing, hey, Jesus lives in me. He's loved me. He's forgiven me of my uh, insurmountable sin debt, and I might as well forgive everybody for everything, right? We, we, we just, forgiveness is, is, is going to be a critical thing in these end times. We've got to stay on the love walk and leave room for God's dealings. Um, verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, right? Uh, you know, this whole thing, God is love in verse eight. Everybody say it. God is love. So he loved, so loved the world that he gave. You know, I went, I went to that, that memorial for a wonderful member of our church. It was at another church and sat in the back and just got to hear, you know, one of, one of the pastors get up and give a great word out of the scripture that I, I have committed to memory. God, there's a God who loves and he gave. And the, the, this is how the love of God is manifest in us that he sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Guys, 
I think it's fair to say that the greatest chief characteristic going forward that's going to precipitate revival in the church and a harvest amongst the lost is the love walk. Because even Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, the last verse, uh, he said about all these gifts. He was talking about gifts then and power, manifestations and glory. And then he said, still I will show you a more excellent way. So this is excellent stuff here. You wanna, how many of you want to break out of mediocrity and hit excellence in everything you do, in the outcomes, in your decision-making, in your relationships, in your Christian walk especially, right? You want excellence. God is excellent. And this is the way to do it. It's just, and, and what is love? Agape is valuing others. It's looking at people, even the, the mean lady in Paris, that is somebody for whom Jesus died. And she got prayer from that. You know, uh, people that, are, that, are, that try to provoke you, 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 instead of being provoked to wrath, you get provoked to pray for them. Because there's a provocation where you get incited to action, and it's good action. Like, uh, you know, there's a song we used to sing, you can talk about me, you can talk about me, just as much as you please, just as much as you please. You can talk about me, you can talk about me, just as much as you... Please, you can talk about me just as much as you please. I'll talk about you while I'm on my knees. So I'll get you, man. You go ahead and gossip about me, I'm going to pray for you. You keep gossiping, I'm going to pray in tongues for you. Right? I'll show you. I'll get even, man. Come on, you going to mess with me? I'm going to pray blessing on you, Barosif. Right? I thought you weren't supposed to get even, Pastor Jeff. Well, that's a good way to get even. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who... Is this easy, what I'm saying? No. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. It's, in fact, impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. Right? So we can actually walk the... I'm not preaching that you need to be nicey-nice. I gotta be nicey-nice. Because that... That can be the flesh. Because you, you, we usually don't mean it. It's like, ah, you know, it's like, and then, but kindness is a power. Love is patient. Love is kind. It goes in intentionally and says, I am going to be considerate. I'm going to endeavor to be courteous. I'm, I'm going to zip my lip, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm just going to watch it. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you had a confrontation, it wasn't good, and you got in your car and you're driving away, and all of a sudden, you had this amazing series of things you should have said. And you're almost thinking about, I think I'm going to turn around and go back and just let him, give him a piece of my mind. Do you know that would have been the flesh coming up with all this amazing stuff you should, should have said? It was the Lord that delivered you and me and us from saying it. Oh, I should have said that. Oh, if only I had been. Thank God he delivered you. Thank God he delivered you. I mean, there are things that happened to me that, God, I was just thankful. I was just a, a, a little bit oblivious to it. Yeah. Stuff that happened in this life. And, and, and then I thought, about, did, that, did that just happen? I, need, I should have bowed up. Thank God I didn't. I think there's something about praying that God will deliver us from temptation, right? And the tempter. And, but also, though, being proactive in building um, these understandings about love is patient, so God help me to, to, to be patient, not just be into in, in, in demanding instant gratification and, and demanding everything be my way. It's not selfish. It's not self-seeking. And, uh, you know, this in a marriage, I think marriage is a beautiful environment uh, to help us crucify selfishness because we go in as individuals, independent individuals, and uh, then it necessitates when we enter into a covenant with another person to, um, to consider the other person's needs. You know, 1 Corinthians 7 talks about it, uh, how we might please our mate. And, um, I, and I actually think that's a good thing. I think church, if you're single and you're in church, it's a, it's, it's a 
a similar environment to a marriage environment because we're thrown into a place where we're, we're very, it's very eclectic. We're very different from each other. There are people from different nations, people that have different life experiences, socioeconomic, education, you know, geography, where you've come from, and all this likes and dislikes. And we're thrown together, and God insists upon us that we let the love of the brethren continue. And he says, and oh, by the way, you want to make a difference? You want to be a candlestick in a dark world? You got to get this love walk figured out. Right? And I think we're at our best as a church, as a people, as individual citizens of heaven, uh, if we make this our, our primary aim. Right? So now I've got just a couple of key uh, steps that I have to give you. If you're note takers, this is going to be profound, so get ready. How many of you have ever washed your hair with Prell or Head and Shoulders? They're the same company. Do you guys remember the instructions back in the day? What did it say? Lather, rinse, repeat. Lather, rinse, repeat, right? I mean, I was a little kid. I'm reading that. It's like, okay, what do I do here? I have a crew cut, so it really didn't matter much, but... Lather, rinse, repeat. And I think it's genius of the shampoo company to say repeat, because that just means you just use double what you really needed, right? Right? But in the case of the kingdom, I really do feel like Jesus is saying, you know, do this and, and do it again and do it again. And just lather, rinse, repeat. Everybody say lather, rinse, repeat. And, you know, really, you know, when you're, you're, you're washing, and you know, um, you know, people have said, you know, when you're a Christian, oh, you're just brainwashed. Well, no, but I am getting my mind renewed, right? I'm not brainwashed, but I do need my melon renewed, right? So lather. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love does not, what, act unbecomingly. Love, love doesn't, is, is not arrogant, I'm sorry, does not act unbecomingly. Does not seek its own, is not provoked, standing there, taking it. That's the love walk. You know, and, and he was a great, he's famous, great, probably the most famous boxer, Muhammad Ali, but he was a provoker. And he would provoke in, in, in the ring. He was so, the guy was a genius verbally, could just, you know, and he and Howard Cosell, they just had this banter and stuff, and they, they just flowed. But man, in the ring, he would make some people mad. And, they, and you, that's, that's taboo in, in the sport of boxing. You, you don't lapse into rage because the anger of man does not work out the, the work the righteousness of God. We we who are married know that that does. We're not to let our son go down on our the sun go down on our wrath. Singles as well. Everybody, workers, people, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, it's like okay, how, th this is a turning point in my life. How do I deal with this? You know, we're sitting and we're looking at complex situations, and we've got the advantage of being able to pray in the Spirit. So we just sit there and we just pray. And oh, help me, Jesus. Everybody say, oh, help me, Jesus. I just taught you one of the most powerful prayers you could ever pray in your life. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Be with my mouth. Show me. Brood a bridle on my tongue. Show me what to do, Lord. Show me what to say. Just sitting there silently going, God, help me not to react. You know, you ever feel your own blood pressure going up? You ever feel um, those uh, chemicals, those... Uh, uh, you ever feel adrenaline shooting through your body? Where you get, and, and, and you know, that's, that's for if a bear is chasing you in the woods. But we're, we're dealing with it while we're interacting with people that we're associated with. Even that lady while I was there just in Paris, and she just decided to get real evil and judgmental with me. It's like, wow. It was amazing. I just got quiet, just looked at her, and uh, she left a mark. But, you know, um, Love can leave a mark. Love can move a mountain. Love can change a city. 
Love can cause a country to come to Jesus. Love got you in this building. Love got you open to the Lord. Love got you saved. Love got you through the garbage you went through since you've been saved. Oh, you went through garbage before you got saved, but the specialized garbage that comes when you're saved, and yet God helped you to walk the love walk through that. See, the psalmist said, it wasn't an enemy that messed with me. It was the guy I walked with in church. And that he said, oh, that, and this was a fight or flight scripture. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and never come back. And see, but God doesn't give us fight or flight options. He, he says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord and walk in love. Everybody say lather, lather rinse, rinse, and repeat. And by the way, the rinse and repeat, um, you know, that keeps us in the consistent pattern of I haven't arrived. I'm going to stay strong in this. Um, you know, all the way to the end of your life, all the way to the end, make this your aim to walk in love. Make it your aim. Make it your aim instead of being a provoker where you're making people mad and pushing their buttons, incite people to the healthy aspects. I mean, there's, there are even healthy aspects to anger. Be angry and sin not. Like right now, the way uh, I took a mass media class in college, Back in the 70s, they were talking about just the propaganda and the manipulation and the button, the button pushing. And uh, it is, to me, it's more refined than it ever was during the earlier era. And um, yet what we do then is how we process uh, even manipulation, where we look at it, we listen to it, we're trying to hear facts and try to figure out what's going on and be, you know, civic... Uh, uh, responsibly in our civics, Christian civics. But Christian civics isn't just getting on one side of an issue or the other and then getting enraged about the other side. Uh, it's, it's finessing our way through life so we can make a difference in this crazy world. I, the lady at the store didn't overreact. Uh, she could have, I mean, the way she was describing her past, she could have had a fist fight with some of those people. Then it would have been her fault, and then she'd have been, you know, hurt and probably, yeah, fired. And they would have said, you know, and then they'd have had a lawsuit, and it would have been on the news, and it would have all been a provocation. She, I got to watch these two people in a highly provoking moment, one store to the next. It was such a trip. Plus, we got matching chairs. Come on, all that, and it worked out too. So hallelujah. Let's all stand up on our feet.